You're listening to the Sports Talk Podcast with Darcy Waldegrave from News Talk ZB. Very well. Thank you very much, Darcy. John, welcome to the program. We've got you on air to talk about these new mouth guards that are coming up that are going to be mandated for all professional rugby as the start of next year. As a concussion specialist, which you have been for a number of years, what do you know about this mouth guard? How handy do you think they're going to be? Well, there's a study that's recently come out of Otago University with, you know, uh, the rugby players in New Zealand has shown us, you know, the degrees of force that are transmitted to people playing rugby. And uh, I think the reassuring thing from that study was that 86% of the, the impact forces and things like that were less than people get playing, you know, in the in the playground or falling off their bike or whatever. So it's a, another part of the jigsaw puzzle of, you know, finding out what's involved in head injury and the forces that people are sort of undertaking. And obviously by mandating that, which I, I'm not sure is a good idea or a bad idea, it will give us more information. And I think the more information we have on the potential causes of head injury, how we can change the rules and things like that, the better it is. It's not uh, the final solution by any means, but it just gives us more information. And we've got to remember this study was you know, done you know, quite independently. The information is assessed quite independently. And it's uh, not the, uh, the rugby union or world rugby trying to cover up the head injuries of rugby. It is to try and find more information on the uh, potentially concussive forces that are involved in tackling and rucking and doing the various other things that happen in rugby. So I think it's a, a good way forward. Were you quite surprised by the results of these examinations, i.e. the the power or the, the strength of the HIA that is or isn't there. It seems, I thought it'd be more. Well, I mean, it's looking at all the collisions and not every collision in rugby involves your head for a start. So like uh, I might tackle you around the shoulders and there may be some force transmitted to the head just by the rotation of your head as it you know falls to the ground, you know, not necessarily hitting the ground. Um, but I mean, you know, that uh, we just didn't have that information. And I think we there's a lot of misinformation about head injury and contact sport. And I think we are getting a better picture that Rugby is not as dangerous as some people make it out. Uh, it may be more dangerous than some people make it out as well. But I think we need to look objectively at, at any data we can to try and make rugby safer and actually quantitate the forces that are involved. You said before the mandate, you're not sure whether it's good or bad. Do you want to give us an idea on each side of that fence? Yeah, well, I mean, making anything mandatory is, is quite an imposition, isn't it? You know, so... Uh, uh, I don't. I'm of view that I don't like mandating anything in any any sport or life, you know. Um, but I think it's uh, something which will give us useful information. So I'm more sort of concerned about making anything mandatory rather than I think wearing these mouth guards will be harmful to anyone. Uh, the information we collected will be very useful and looked at, you know, objectively and scientifically. Um, but that's how it's more just in my personal view about the mandatory part of it. So obviously the good side is collecting information, but players would probably do that off their own back anyway, wouldn't they? Because they want that information for the good of the game. Exactly. I mean, we, we still don't know, you know, I mean, you've got to put it in perspective. Most people who play rugby don't end up with any long-term head injury. And, you know, some people can have four or five concussions at the end of their career. They have no, you know, no more risk of having dementia or anything else in the general population. And I think, you know, we've overstated or some aspects of the media and some of these lawsuits are implying that every player who plays contact sports is going to end up demented. And there's some very good work now which is being done, which 
report showing the instance of dementia in the general population and the rugby playing population is, is not too different, you know. So that's sort of very useful information to have uh, to reassure parents, you know, of, you know, young children to say, well, you know, just because your son or daughter is going to play rugby, they're not going to be left with a, a neurological problem at the end of their career. Obviously, we need to make rugby as safe as we possibly can, um, but playing rugby doesn't necessarily end in dementia. Artie Savia is a character, Dr John Mayhew, who hasn't really used mouth guards. He's pushed back on them for quite a while. Do you think he'd be stopped from actually playing? Because that's the sense I'm getting out of this. If you don't do it, we're not going to do anything for you. Yeah, well, that, that, that's out of my control, and uh, I, I'm interested in that because I think in the professional game, uh, you, you can't mandate mouth guards. I mean, certainly it's a New Zealand Rugby Union policy, and I think World Rugby uh, endorsed that, and I'd certainly endorse any rugby player wearing a mouth guard. Um, but what's going to happen at a test match or a super rugby match if a player says, well, I, I can't can't wear this, or they... And I, I think common sense would have to prevail there that if we can get the greater majority of people you know, wearing these uh, this technology, we're going to get a lot of useful information out of it. You know, because it's the the mouth guard per se is not protecting them against head injury. It's giving us information that we could perhaps, you know, enable us to make the game safer. Did you consider this as being vaguely invasive? How far does technology go, John? We, we always looked at the TMO and what's happening there and don't even go back to the World Cup, but technology is getting quite overarching. It's running everything. Is this an, another step toward that where men won't play? We're seeing robots out there. Well, certainly in the sports I'm involved with, rugby and rugby league, and if you're on the sidelines as a doctor, you're getting talked to in rugby league from the bunker doctor about potential head injuries that, while you're watching the game, so you're tuned into that. In, in rugby union, there's a match doctor, there's video on the sideline, um, there's a lot of information which is being transmitted to you to assess people for potential head injuries. So, uh, you know, obviously in the last World Cup, we're talking about the TMO, but there's a lot of medical information, uh, intervention and information which is uh, being passed on as well. So um, I, I don't know how this information is going to be used in real time during a game. You know, just as it, you know, Darcy Watergrave gets a bang on the head uh, as measured by the, uh, the mouth guard. Are we going to take you off the field even though you have no evidence of a head injury? Um, so uh, I think it's going to be very useful to see how the information is, is collected and how it's going to be used. And I, I certainly endorse collecting the information, but uh, it's going to be onerous on the medical staff and other people on the sideline of the game to, to know how to use that information in real time. And I wonder in that case if uh, you can use it in real time, if more players will be dragged from the game for HIAs if there's a bump. There's the potential for that to happen as well. Well, because we know, and we see it all the time, that players can get a significant blow to their head and they don't suffer any concussive injury. And all the technology is measuring is the blow to the head, and it may well be that it hasn't caused any concussive effect. Uh, are we going to arbitrate that, you know, because you had a blow of, you know, whatever G or whatever way you wanted to measure the force, um, then you've got to take the player from the field. I mean, uh, so there's a lot of information. So I think it's early days. I think it's a move in the right direction. But I think we've got to be careful how we use this information. Is there any other technology on the horizon, Dr. John, that you know about that may also be very helpful in your cause? 
Yeah, well, what we'd like to have, and there's some things called biomarkers, that there's some you know studies going on now that when you suffer a blow to the head, a possible concussive uh, episode, it may release a, a protein or a marker in the, the blood or saliva, uh, which could indicate that there's been brain injury. And uh, there was doing some work in the uh, the women's NPC. They were doing some saliva testing on women who had head injuries. And uh, that, that information may be, be useful as well. So you may be able to have in time, uh, perhaps a saliva test on the sideline, which indicates that you know uh, you spit into this tube and it you know turns red, so to speak. Um, you've suffered a brain injury. You know you need to come off. We're a wee bit away from that, but there's technology like that. And on that note, Dr. John Mayhew, we thank you very much for your time, for your expertise. Look after yourself. Look forward to next time. Okay, see you, Darcy. For more from Sports Talk, listen live to News Talk ZB from 7 p.m. weekdays, or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.